through my roster such huge upside wondering if the nelson the met will survive hoping that i can start max scherzer this time after all there is two starts for us Still fapping for our lives Watching all of history repeat itself Time after time I'm just a streamer I stream my fab away Welcome to the Draft Champions Podcast. I am here with Tony Tamburini. I hope I said that right. Of uh, Open Bar Dudes or um, Open Bar Dudes on Twitter. How do you How you doing today? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. So, I think this is a great excuse to get to know each other. This uh, battle pods thing. I don't know how. I don't even know what people call it, but battle battle pods brackets, whatever that Chris at uh, Baseball Pods put on. And um, I think this is what it's all about. I love our first round matchup. It's just like you described, like we don't exactly know each other. I think we uh, exist on Twitter together, <laughs> right? But it's a, it's a great way to get to know all of the podcasts. You know, we had a lot of fun with it last year. We took a beating in the second round from the NF- NBC guys. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to our matchup uh, tomorrow. Well, you, you made it to the second round last year. I did not. So um, maybe... Um... Maybe I'll make it this year. Maybe I won't, but um, maybe you will. Who knows? But I think it's, uh, I don't think that matters too much, um, at least to me. Um, I think, I think this is what matters to get, like, I think just, I'm, I'm, it's a great excuse, like I said, to get to know each other. And because we've been around, I think we, we pretty much started around the same time. You might've started earlier than me. I'm not sure, but i um, doing this. When did you start? Uh, we lingered around Twitter uh, for the last three years. Okay. Essentially we started a handle with a podcast without having a podcast. <laughs> we played around on Twitter for an entire season, just stirred the pot a little bit, see where it went. And then finally we dove in. So for the last two years, we've been recording uh, hot or cold a little bit. We're not the most consistent guys out there. Uh, this is a more of a hobby thing for me and my co-host. Uh, four kids combined, a couple of wives. We got a lot going on over here. So this is kind of a third, fourth hobby for us. Uh, but we think we have a lot to offer. Okay, I know. I agree. I was listening to your podcast um, the other day. I think maybe it was yesterday. It was really good. I think your second base preview. And I'm, the, I'm exactly the same way. Um, I, it's a hobby. Don't make any money off it. Um, I think I, I hit a, my niche maybe a little bit different than yours. I focus a little bit more on the NFBC. But you also are an NFBC player. And we're in a draft together. Um, anything else you got to say about the, 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 the baseball pods bracket? Because honestly, like I... I like a lot of people are like lobbying for, for votes. And I'll, I'll, I will, um, if, if, if a buddy of mine really looks like, really seems like they want to win, I'll retweet them this year. But um, this year, I don't think I'm going to be really doing anything like that. I think I'm just going to let it flow. Like it's just a, it's not the purpose of it. I don't think in my opinion. I totally agree. And, and I appreciate it when you reached out and, and, and said as much, right. We're on the same page here. I think we're going to stir it up a little bit tomorrow and have a good time. Right. But as far as the results go, uh, it's irrelevant. You know, we'll yeah. just have a good time and spread the love and, and just enjoy it. Yeah. In terms of like 
for like our specific matchup, I'm not going to take it seriously. I mean, I'm probably going to beat your ass. Well, we'll see. <laughs> okay. You know what? You, you just, I'm the type of guy you can fire me up. I'm, I'm, I'm relaxed at times, but if you get fired up, you can bring out the cop, you bring out the competitor to me. So let's just watch out. I'm ready. I'm ready. To, I'm ready to joke around. I, I, um, we should do something funny. Well, think of something. You know what I wanted to do? I wanted to stir this uh, Canadian pot, but Canada is very well represented in this bracket. So I don't want to, uh, that may have been a terrible move for myself, right? The launch angle guys, as we talked before we got started, they got ousted early. They got ousted yesterday uh, by Fantasy Gospel, our friends at the Fantasy Gospel. Congratulations to them. But also the upper, upper decker guys, right? They're from Canada. I, I think so. I believe I so. I feel bad. I don't know, but I'm, I believe you. Well, they had a huge upset last year in the first round when they took down Yahoo Fantasy Baseball. So I, so I, when I was processing this whole thing, I'm like, this might be a bad move for me. Okay, <laughs> let, let me just let this go. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a career, it's a career limiting decision. So I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ask you um, what, what tricks you have up your sleeve, but yeah, Canada usually, Canada can come out in force, but um, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens here. Um, who else is in our bracket? I, I was talking to um, Govier. Um, he was on my podcast or I was on his, I forget, I forget which. And um, he was saying that um, triple play is his sleeper to win this, to win our bracket. That made a lot of sense to me. And I got a bone to pick with Govier. Yeah. Like I get it. He was on your show. What a couple days ago. So he took you in our matchup. I totally understand, but uh, I, I'm going to come back hard. I'm going to come back hard. If I be, if I win this matchup tomorrow, I'm coming <laughs> hard on Govier. Because you get we, that out there. Whoever, whoever wins faces off against him if he wins, right? But I think you're absolutely right. Palazzo Podcast is a major sleeper, okay? Uh, He's yeah. been mixing it up with the fantasy elite for like the last two months. They're doing like three and four shows a week, it seems like. At least. I think he was doing two days. Man, right. man I love I love Mike. He's great. Um, and then we also got Batflip Crazy and Bubba in, in our bracket, which is sort of like, I think they're sort of like the team to beat. Are they good? They, yeah, I think everyone, like people love them. They do a great show. So I think I'm absolutely teasing. We had Toby on last oh. year. He's one of the best players around. <laughs> so yeah, you're not. yeah, <laughs> yeah they're, absolutely. They're legit. They're legit. We we've been around a long time too. I said we we got depth in our in our bracket, so it's it's going to be tough to tough to make it out of it. Tough, tough to make it through. But who's the number one seed? I didn't even look that far. I don't I expect don't to make it that far. Um, I think Toby's Toby and Bubba are number two. I think. Yeah, yeah, in our bracket. Maybe they got, oh no, it hasn't even happened. I was going to say maybe they got knocked out. Um, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I'd have to pull it up. I, right, that's fine. I don't remember. But, but shout out to Chris because it's a, it was a great idea and it's, a, and, it's, and it's doing well. So thanks to him for putting it on. And um, yeah. I'd like Isn't to, it crazy that we even made the field this year considering all the new podcasts? And next year might even be harder Pitcher list just dropped like 20 new podcasts and created their own network. That's bullshit, man. Like, <laughs> like that's bullshit in terms of like making their way into this podcast, um, into this podcast brackets. Like that, that can't like, there's, there's, there's gotta be a limit. It's gonna be real tough on Chris next year for sure. Uh, but, but anyways, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I always enjoyed it. I enjoyed it last year and uh, this year will be no different. He's got, he's got to make, he's got to, he's got to figure out what to do with that. Um, I was talking. I was talking to him. Uh, we have a group chat when we did, when we did the, uh, the Battle of the Podcast, which we might expand next year. See, uh, see how many more people we can we can get into that. But um, we, uh, I was saying, like maybe like 
dynasty it seems like dynasty podcasts have like some sort of niche following like the prospects live and all the all the other ones like maybe, i think they might be like it's sort of like different circles in twitter you get all these like, different little cliques and um i was saying like you got it it's hard to compare because um it's hard to compare like a dynasty podcast to this podcast and like the big names to the small names. It's so almost like maybe you need like weight classes or something like that. But I guess the purpose is just to get everyone out there. And, and honestly, like you're like the, the actual voting is like more like a popularity contest. Sure. So, um, kind of in a way. And it's, it sounds corny, but like, it's sort of like you're already a winner just being in it. Right. That's all it's like you've already won being in the bracket. 100%. 100%. I couldn't agree with you more on that note. Uh, just like I was saying, there's so many new pods. And then last year, we were so surprised to be involved. Uh, it was just a lot of fun. And then like, uh, as we played out the tournament last year, and we had a matchup with the NBC guys, that was so humbling for me. <laughs> you know, I'm literally sitting in my basement right now, uh, kind of cold. Okay, those guys probably have some sort of budget to work with. And uh, just to be able to match up with them was a lot of fun. Where, where, where do you live? We're central Illinois. I'm down here in Bloomington. Uh, how about you? Are you straight north? Canada, uh, around Toronto. Okay. Yeah. Not too far away. Not too far. I've been to, I was in Chicago. I was at Chicago last, uh, last year for a game at Wrigley. We're just about two more hours south then. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So that's, not, that's not too far. So yeah, like um, I think, um, I think it's going to be fun this bracket, and I think um, I think we'll, we'll mix it up a bit. We'll we'll figure out something. I tell you what, if if I can give you a suggestion, take your early shots. I work nights. I'm going to be in bed until like noon or one o'clock. I'm going to bring it. I'm going to bring it in the afternoon. All right. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. And right. like I said, I don't, like we're, we're like what's I think I think I'm a six seat. So I don't know what that makes you. Like I don't know. Uh, we're an eleven. So I, I honestly, because Chris made the bracket with Yancey, so they determined that I was a six. So it's our, like, what do you care about all these Twitter people or Yancey? Like you got that NFBC prowess, bro. I guess. So like, um, that's, I'm, if Yancey thinks I'm a six, nothing, not, not compared to you, but Nancy, if Yancey thinks I'm a six, that's a win for me. I don't care. You can, you can beat me. You can have that. Everybody I, loves Yancey. Absolutely. Yancey. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. So, we are in a draft together right now. So you're speaking of NFBC, but like I have the NFBC prowess. Like I, I'm in the same draft as you right now. So we're in a draft right now. And we, what round are we in? I'm trying to pull it up. Getting late. We, yeah, it's getting, it's getting late. So I, I've, 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 I've asked you for some of your um, sleepers, which we'll get in later, maybe just to, just to get a little edge on you. But, round 31, um, round 31, it looks like. Trying to find this draft. I'm actually in four right now, so I'm trying to pull up which one is the right draft. Yeah. How do you do it, man? I don't know. So Zach, I got to be honest with you. I don't know if I don't know if you noticed this. This is my first ever DC. Is it? This is my first ever. So I'm really curious about feedback on this. Okay. No, I um I don't know if I don't know if I'm the best person um to give you feedback because I wasn't winning any championships last year. any overalls, but, um, did all right. in some of them got a, got a placed in a place that got uh, placed in a couple, but I did a lot of them. So, um, let's look at this draft. You picked from the, the three hole. And you I was fortunate from the three hole to get, obviously one of the best players available in the draft full disclosure. 
I had no idea the draft started. I auto-picked the first three picks. The first three picks. I had no idea. I didn't get the notification. I didn't check my email. When I finally tuned in, it was round four, but we're okay. We got a little damage here. I'm not completely thrilled, but I can work with Mookie Betts, Max Scherzer, and DJ LeMahieu out of the gate. So would you? what would you have done differently if, because it's sort of a moot point to analyze um, auto picks, but would you have taken Flaherty over Scherzer because Flaherty did fall um, past Scherzer because you auto picked him? I actually have no problem with Max Scherzer. Okay. okay. Maybe, maybe I would have done Kershaw. Maybe. I don't know right. that I would have. Generally, I like to go two bats and then double dip starting pitcher. But we all know in the NFBC, all of the stuff gets pushed up. The starting pitchers get pushed up quite a bit. Okay. I don't think Max Scherzer is left for dead. This is his last season, right? You think he's just going to walk away? You think he's just going to limp into his final season? That guy's a warrior. We've seen yeah, it. I think he's going to limp out of his final season. You, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm just, I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of off Scherzer, but I don't, don't, I don't fault, I don't fault you for the auto pick. Um, right. Um, but um, looking at this draft, I'm trying to see who else is in this. We've got y- Yancey's in this. So Yancey's maybe, actually in there. Yeah. And my buddy, Brian Buffamonte, a buddy of mine, he's, he's, uh, he's got the turn pick. So he did take Flaherty, Flaherty and Kershaw. But um, yeah, you can't go wrong with bets. And, um, and LeMahieu's obviously the position eligibility is really key in these draft champions. So that's, a, that's a, that's a good thing that, that you, um, that you got him there. And then, so yeah, like those first three picks are good and you got, you got a pitcher. I'm just, and a lot of people are in your shirt in on Scherzer. I just, I just haven't any, had any shares of him. I'm sort of an ageist like that, but I, I'm not, um, a lot of his smart people are all, all over him. So I'm not, I'm not shitting on the pick. I'm just, I'm saying that he's not a guy that I'm, that I've generally got in DCs this year myself. So not to say that it's good or bad, um, but what I did want to talk to you about on your team is you seem to have, um, you seem to have like what I said to you uh, have gone to a team bounce back because a lot of these players had rough seasons in 2020 and um, might be a little bit of a value. And that's, I think that's maybe what you're thinking of because I can, I can see a lot of them. <laughs> right. Uh, like, let's like, like you got like, before we get into the, before you get into like the analysis, like, let's just list them here. Like, besides those first three picks that we talk, talked about, in round four, you went Javi Baez, back, bounce back candidate. Then Yon Moncada, COVID bounce back. Austin Meadows, COVID bounce back. Charlie Morton, underperformed last year. It's a little, little older. People aren't completely confident. Marcus Simeon, down, like, took a huge step back compared to 2019 last year. Patrick Corbin, again. Um, Hunter Dozier, even, COVID last year. Just going down. Mitch Hanager hasn't Hanager Hanager. Don't know how to say it, but he didn't even play last year. He's been out for God knows how long. Um, huh, well, that, yeah, I think that's enough, right? Like that's a lot of. Um, to, so, talk to me about your what your thoughts on COVID bounce back and players coming back from injuries or poor performance. Well, look, you nailed it on the head with this team. Okay, now I'm going to agree with you on the Max Scherzer pick. I don't know that necessarily I would have went there. I'm not really high on this. Is my only share to date. Okay, and I'm a little struggling with DJ LeMahieu and his inflated home run to fly ball, especially when we talk about the dead and ball. I still think he'll play up fine in that stadium, right? He's it's still going to top. It's key that he got back in New York, but I think he'll be fine there. Absolutely. The counting stats are going to be there. This is a good player. And just as you noted, the multi-eligible all over. Okay, in this format, I'll take that. Okay, because who knows what's going to happen with injuries and whatnot. But then I went early. Javi Baez in the fourth round. A lot of people probably aren't doing that. Johan Mankata, the next round. And just like you said, Austin Meadows. The main thing about these guys, 
One, I'm filling up my infield right away with power speed. Now I know Javi Baez isn't going to run as much as he always had, but if you, if you give me a dozen out of the shortstop position, I think there's a major drop-off at the shortstop position after Javi Baez. So I went and got him, right? Same thing with Johan Mankata, exactly like you said. That man straight out said, I struggled last night. I was weak all year long. Okay, fine. Well, you're hitting the ball harder than anyone or just as hard as anyone, and especially at third base in 2019, right? So I went and got him. Again, power and speed. And that lineup is stacked. The, the White Sox are on the up. Now, I am a little nervous about that turd, Tony La Russa, ruining the, 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 the lineup for Moncada, right? I think he might slip early in the season, and uh, they'll put up Adam Eaton early because of his OBP skills. I totally understand that thinking, but I think talent wins out here. He's a much better player than Adam Eaton, agreed? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then again, Wait power up. speed from Austin Meadows. He had the COVID. Things did not play out very well for him last year in this short sample. I think giving uh, just a regular spring training, he comes in healthy. He leads that lineup either from the one hole or two hole. He's going to score a boatload of runs, hit for power, hit for speed. The key to my drafting and the way that I prefer to draft, I completely avoid the Mondeses. Like I do not want to take that risk. That is not my style, but I want to chip away at power and speed, power and speed all day long. And that's what I've done for the most part. Again, I'm not a DJ LeMahieu guy. I did auto-picked him on accident. But here we are, Milky Betts, power speed, and then, my, and then four other guys, three other guys, power speed. You also mentioned Mitch Hanniger down below. In 2018, or, yeah, 2018 or 19, monster season, he's going to hit in the heart of that lineup for the Mariners. Now, granted, it ain't the best lineup in the world, but when you're batting fourth, third, fourth, or fifth, like Mitch Hanniger will, he has the power and chippy steals. So I'm still getting steals at him late. Yep. Same as Hunter Dozier. Okay. Combination. He had the COVID. He's going to be eligible at first, third base, and outfield. The power is there when he was healthy. And huge note on Hunter Dozier. He committed this year before the whole COVID thing broke out. He said, I wanted to steal more bases. 77th percentile in sprint speed. He can get it done. He doubled his output. And steals, I think it, his highest amount was two. And then even in the short season, he had four. So give me 12 at the end of the season. And there you go again. I'm getting 12 steals out of Austin Meadows, Javi Baez, Yohan Makata. It's not sexy, but I'm chipping away at that category. Yeah, I, 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 like, I like most of what you've done here. And let me, let me tell you, I, I totally agree with you on that shortstop comment. And that's something I've been talking about a lot, is that it just falls off a cliff after um because if you don't get if you don't get someone in the first three rounds you're looking at Baez and you're looking at Torres and you know what that's that's a preference thing like I don't I I can't say either way but you want to get you probably want to get one of them because where you're at you're going to be looking at Swanson or, or Semyon which you also got um later on which to to sure up that position so I think if you didn't get one there you you risk really not getting one so I don't blame you going a little bit early there you did take them a bit early but not too early and um, I, I commend you for like um, recognizing that the, the steep, the steep cliff that shortstop is now um, Meadows. Uh, I heard he's coming back in great shape. Like the only thing to really worry about is a raise, but I, I don't, I don't worry too much about him. He's a guy that um, I think that you're obviously going to get, get a good value on. He's a year removed from like a second or third round pick and really smart players are taking him last year. So I don't see, I don't see anything 
there. We sort of skipped over Pablo Lopez, who I really like in the eighth round, and you got you got a nice value on him. Um, Semyon, I like I, I really like him in the ninth round. That's like I've seen him taken. I've seen him uh, been taken as early as a fifth. And the good thing with him is he's gonna um, he's a lock for second and or third base eligibility. So you talked about the importance of um, position flexibility and infield, and he's gonna get you speed. Like I love I love love that pick. Corbin, I'll just pass over, but, um, <laughs> um, Hanniger, I love, I love where you got Hanniger. I think he's, I think he's undervalued there. And I like how you focused on infield because outfield, you could fill outfield and you did, um, you do have a, like a great, like your outfield is awesome because I don't want, I don't like to fill up too quickly, but you got bets, you got meadows, which is your, in my opinion, you're more, you're ahead of the game. You're, you're, you're ahead of the game where I'm usually at at that point. And then you filled it with, um, three really solid players, Hanniger, um, Hanniger, um, where's um, Arcana? Yeah, Arcana, but I was looking for Dozier. Dozier is just a different color there. He's colored in the first base color, but you have Dozier, so it uh, can go either way because you have Walker at first. I don't know if you're going to be playing him at corner, but yeah, you got Canna, Canna, Hanniger, Dozier, Meadows, Betts has great options. And then you go with the combo that I love, which is Alex Dickerson, and you got Austin Slater. So you got the platoon partners. San Francisco's playing Seattle the first, game, first series of the year. And what handedness are their pitchers? At least the first four of them, Seattle, they're all lefties, right? So lefties. I don't, know, I don't know what they're going to do, but it's good you got Slater because Slater could be a guy that goes right into your lineup that first four, that, that first um, four uh, games set because NFBC is weekly. And I think the, the season starts on a Thursday. So I think it's a short week to start. So you might be starting Slater that first week. Um, talk about like talk about the the, the the Giants because you know they did take up they did do something to their stadium like that you're talking about the Brit like they did something with the tunnel so that made the ball fly out faster Slater Dickerson Belt all had great seasons so talk about that talk about your thinking um, with the Giants so I'm completely torn to be honest so I'm not going to make this uh, my soapbox theme here San Francisco Giants but I think what they did in the short season is totally being overlooked all right now we do not know what the san francisco giants are going to do with that outfield corridor they left the doors open it changed the winds within oracle and everybody was crushing right austin slater had incredible stat cast numbers uh uh alex dickerson is going to bat a cleanup for them he's been on a three-year raise his numbers just continue to etch up just consistently get a little bit better and then brandon belts Stackhouse page completely red, and what I like about that, we've seen this before from him again, from several times before. Now he's had some injuries in the middle of his career, and, and and this is his last year, most likely as a Giant. So he's probably playing for a contract at this point, right? That's what something when you're late in drafts, I'll take it, right? A man that wants a check, and he's going to go out and earn it. He's going to go out and play this year, right? So if this ballpark plays differently, like it did last year. The Giants, there's there's something to be had here because they're going so late in picks. I think it's one of these themes where we just have written those written them off. Now, again, I have no idea what they're going to do with the stadium. We don't have any idea what's going to happen with COVID or if uh, fans will be allowed in the stadium and to what degree. Okay, so there's still a lot up in the air, but I did go ahead and take this chance. I, I, I do love it. I've been taking some Dickerson myself. I, I, I like that pick a lot. And looking at your um, pitching, I, I think your staff is is good. You have Scherzer, Morton, Lopez, Corbin, Urquidy, Jordan Montgomery, who's a popular pick amongst um, very smart experts. Evaldi, you've got some really nice um, 
depth. Like you're not top heavy and you're not, you're not light at the bottom. So I think you've done well. Relief pitcher is the one thing that you sort of left till later, not to say that you don't have, um, you haven't done well, but that's something that in the DCs, you, there's no waiver. So a lot of times, like um, a lot of times, closers that end up being the closers on teams might not even be drafted at all in these leagues by anyone. So it's hard. It's really like, I think you might want to get, take a couple more shots. And I think that's probably what you're thinking. You're like right now you have some relievers on some teams that might even go with committees. You got Reyes Moranta on the giants. You got Brian Garcia, who's pencil. I like that pick where you got him. I think you even, you must, you must, you must, you must see something because you took him, you didn't wait on him. And then Hunter Harvey, um, so are you, are you looking to handcuff those, those players with like other players from those teams? Or are you just looking to take uh, how many more shots on the reliever? Because that's pro- that might be, that might be your weakness so far. Without a doubt, this is my weakness, Zach. And when we talk about, if you look back what we say, we're on round oh, sorry, three. You give me your, um, sorry, you give me your Garrett too. So that's, I didn't see that. So that's, um, you're not as, you're not as, you're not as, um, barren as I, as I thought, but even that's questionable though. Right. Right. It's you, still the only reason I went in that direction because the note on Lucas Sim, Sims, he's probably not coming into the season fairly healthy. So I think that gives a bump to Garrett. But you're absolutely right. Looking back after, you know, round 31 now, if I had a choice, if I had a correction to make, it might be the Marcus Simeon pick, although I do like also power and speed again from second base, shortstop position for Marcus Simeon. The problem being he's that, that 2019 for him is probably the outlier. He's probably never going to hit 33 bombs and uh, 14 steals or whatever it is, but he's not going to play in Oakland anymore, is he? He's gonna, we don't know that he's going to be in Toronto necessarily, but probably better ballpark for him regardless. Now, having said that, I think I would have preferred to get a better closer at that position. One guy that I can count on. So you could have, you could have Kenley James in there. Exactly. Or Craig Kimbrell. Wouldn't you feel better about my closing situation if that were the case? I would, but yeah. I don't know if it's worth the squeeze at that point uh, myself. Like I, I'm not huge on Jansen. I've taken him before, like at the beginning of the season, I've, I've gotten a little bit more nervous with him. Um, Certainly. I think with Jansen, at least you get the long leash though, correct? I mean, they... Uh, yeah, I, I would have definitely taken those guys over Corbin, but you couldn't. But that wasn't your choice. You would have had to take him over Simeon. So right. uh, I think that's where my first real Yates, mistake was. Yates is available. Oh, that's I took Yates. <laughs> maybe I'm biased. Maybe I'm biased in, uh, with respect to that. But um, no, I absolutely love that pick. I think he's a bounce back. I in my mind, as the offseason was playing out, I thought Kirby Yates had Tommy John, so I'm off of him. But that wasn't the case, was it? He just had a scope done. I didn't, know, I, I didn't know what his injury was. That's why I was off him until now. And now exactly. he, he signed, they paid him enough. So I think he's, I think it's just going to come down to health, which we're not sure of, but. I, I, I'm okay with it now. I thought it was Tommy John. He, he had the scope, cleaned out the debris of the elbow. That is a uh, barely uh, not a problem as far as surgeries go. 42% strikeout rate for Yates. I'll take that all day. He was one of the first guys coming off the board the year before. Mm-hmm. We never can see these injuries coming. I like that pick a lot for you. Well, thanks. Yeah, no, I, I don't mind it where I got him. I need, and he was my first closer. So I needed, I needed him there. So um, uh, I, I, I waited in this draft like you did. Um, and you also had Brandon Belt just to, to, to hammer out that rest of that San Francisco. I think he's like, he, he has a little bit of an injury scare, but I don't think it's going to be, I don't, I'm not too worried about it. So he's, he's, you're getting a little bit of a discount on him right now, which is, which is great. So I, I, I do like, I do like your team composition. Um, 
I think I think you did well. Like you said, you've never done a DC. I like your team a lot. I think you 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 hit the important. You've you noticed position scarcity. You've uh, seen the value of position flexibility with your Lemayhew and and your and your betting on the come with position flexibility. Knowing Simeon's going to earn it. Knowing that Hunter Dozier is going to earn third base eligibility. So I really like that. And you'll realize how important that uh, flexibility is during the season when players start get, to get injured because they will. Um, so I like what you've done with your team. I think I think you have I think you have a good team and. Ponce, your last pick, Ponce de Leon, was a guy I was looking at um, to take in with one of my next picks. So I, I like that pick a lot. Um, Is that not the best compliment someone can give another fantasy manager, knowing that they got sniped? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It, 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 it always feels nice to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, this is, this is, it's obviously all uh, tough rooms in these NFBC drafts. And a lot of uh, players I, I recognize uh, from other drafts. So I think, I think you've done well. I like your team. Um, like I'd say the only, the only pick is Corbin's a guy I'm off of this year, just because I'm scared of the velocity, but like where you got him in the 10th round versus the, like what, what, pick 150 close to it versus where he was going last year. Like you can't really knock that. He's not, it's not like a Lamette where you're worried about his injury. It's just like a player that really, how badly can he hurt you there? It's just like, if, if you're fading him there, you're just must be completely off. him. like, you're just, you're writing him off like I have, but like, it's not gonna, it's not gonna kill you there. Um, Mur you took Sean Murphy again, another, like, I, I forget if there was injury was reported before or after that, um, was, was, did, I, was it, did you pick him before that it was reported that he has a collapsed lung? I did not. Okay. I was aware of the collapsed lung. Okay. I probably could have waited around on that note, but sure. for Murphy, his stack cast numbers are incredible. I don't think it played out how he wanted, but he hit the ball very hard for Oakland last year. And the numbers didn't necessarily reflect that he didn't end up with a whole lot of home runs, but if he can, if he can maintain that crushing in Oakland, when it's an uh, average lineup, we'll say with a pretty good walk rate, this guy's a good OBP guy for a catcher. I like him a lot as a sleeper pick at the catcher position. Yeah. He's a popular pick with, amongst uh, people that I respect a lot. And I, I, I'm, I've been finding myself get a lot, getting a lot of Murphy. You didn't, you, you took him after, after his typical um, ADP recently. So you didn't, you didn't, you didn't, you got decent value on him. Could you have waited a, a round? Wouldn't say for sure. I right. somebody I was considering around that time. So I don't know if I for sure would have chosen him there, but because I already did have one catcher, but yeah, uh, you definitely would have been risking it if you passed him on there. So I, I, I have nothing bad to say there. Um, yeah. So I think, um, what, what, how do you feel about uh, the draft overall? I totally understand your apprehension on Patrick Corbin, right? He was almost down two full ticks in the short season. Mm -hmm. The note that I keep going back to on this point, a, he'll be my fourth SP at that point. If he gets that velo back, I have a fourth ace. Just as you mentioned, last year we were drafting both Charlie Morton and Patrick Corbin much higher within the top 20 of SPs. So we're going into a year where everyone's terrified over SPs and their longevity. How many innings can we get? Patrick Corbin and Charlie Morton can probably get it done. Like, what does bad Charlie Morton look like? It's been like three years since we've seen that. Now, bad Patrick Corbin, we saw in the short season, right? His, his fastball was getting destroyed because of the lack of V. Lost a spin on it on his slider too. That's, right. That's the other thing that I noticed, which is which is sort of like a 
nail in the coffin from, from, from my perspective, but I'm not, I totally understand. It's not the first time that he actually has lost velo and got it back. Now he ain't a youngster anymore, but that's key for me. Okay. When you lose this skill and you were able to get it back, that's important to hear. So I think there's still opportunity to be had. If this is a bust for me, again, it's my SP four. I'm not, I'm not in that bad of shape. Yeah. And the, the players you took after him are Rikidi, Montgomery, Evaldi. Those guys could, definitely have upside to be SP4, SP3. Uh, another good thing about your team is you're probably going to have the least COVID on your team because everyone's had it already. <laughs> you're not going to, you're not going to miss it. Moncada's not going to miss time. Meadows, um, Dozier. And then you got to think like your staff, Scherzer, Morton and Corbin. They're so old. They're probably going to get vaccinated first. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, have, that's the only way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your pitching staff is like um, on first on the list for vaccines. So <laughs> All right, so let's take like uh, I want to I want to ask you about um, some fades and some deep sleepers because I actually want to know who you're going to draft so I can have an advantage against you. But before we get into that, we were talking a little bit about launch angle, and I, I was talking to you and I was saying, you know, when I look at when I look at different stats, like I like exit velocity, and you're talking about Murphy and his exit his, his stat cast metrics are uh, incredible. And that's something that I look at, and another a reason why I like him, but. Um, launch angle i always look at the average launch angle i'm like this doesn't make sense to just take this number by itself you really have to look at like i know there's standard deviation of launch angle which i don't i don't know if i want to get into i don't know if i can completely understand it enough to talk about it on a podcast but um i i just i just sort of dumbed it down and i said okay listen like listen i'm not talking i'm not telling you to listen i'm saying listen i'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking to myself and i'm saying anything over 50 degrees is like a pop out. I noticed there's, there's one hit. So there was one like hard hit over like 110 miles per hour, which is a CUNA and he got out um, on, a, on a 50 degree uh, hit. So those generally are out. And then the, the hits that are topped under negative 15, those are also bad hits. Um, so I don't want to look at just saying like launch angle is good when it's between like, I don't know, I forget what the range was in those like those, um, those uh, techie articles, or maybe it's between 20 and 30 or 20 and 35. I don't even, I, I can't even tell you off the top of my head, but I'm saying that, so if you actually look at the video and I'm watching the video, like a lot of these hard hits are ground balls and these ground balls are like the ones with the launch angles between like negative five and five. Those are like, those are smoke. Those are good hits. So I'm saying negative 15 is a good starting point to, to use as something that's not a good hit. So what I did was I looked at the percentage of batted balls that were, um, under 15 degree, under negative 15. So balls that were sort of just like topped and hit like into the ground and generally not hard and easy ground balls. And then anything popped over 50%. So uh, I looked at that for hitters and pitchers, but I think um, the important thing to look at here, something that's more relevant is pitchers. So looking at the, um, the quality of contact or the launch angle of those contacted balls, gives you a little bit more information in terms of um, what how pitchers are performing um in a, in addition to their k rate right so somebody that's not really a good strikeout pitcher like Sixto sanchez actually performed really really well with getting balls to be getting balls hit in with a poor launch angle and he he tops this list he's at 37 percent. so most he's a ground ball guy so most of his most of his um poorly launched balls were in, into the ground Trevor Bauer's a guy, but uh, like the other way, he had a lot of like infield fly balls and um, balls that were popped up really high that took for outs. 
And then Maeda's on the list. A lot of, and what, what I saw is a lot of good pitchers are on this list. All the Marlins. Interesting. Um, like Alcantara was on this list. Um, Pablo Lopez. Six of Sanchez led the list, of course. But like a lot of good pitchers are on this. Fran Valdez, a lot of the usual suspects, industry darlings, Max Fried, Means, Lazardo. Um, generally, the, the, the bad pitchers were at the bottom of the list. One of the guys that stuck out to me was Eric Fetty, though. Like he he has an ex, like he had a, um, one of the highest like ground like super guard. I call it um, what did I call it? the extreme ground ball rate? The ones that are under fifteen under negative fifteen degrees. So he's somebody that I wanted to look into a little bit. But um, just an interesting just an interesting little um, exercise to do that just would um, maybe explain why um, pitchers uh, that don't have a high don't have the highest strikeout rate are performing very very well. Like. Isn't this great? Isn't this what makes our game so great? It's evolving right as we go, right? What you're doing or what you're looking into, Alex Chamberlain and Connor Kukran have kind of dug into as well. Launch angle, uh, predict, not necessarily predicting launch angle, but narrowing the margins of launch angle is, is exactly where fantasy baseball is going right now. Let me tell you something, Zach. I don't have this ability. Like I don't have this mathematical ability. You I have the. Putting, I have the. You shouldn't be putting me in the same conversation with those two. <laughs> Wait, no, th- this is a, a testament to you and what you're doing because you are on the right track. This is exactly what Connor and Alex have been working on for a while now, right? So you know maybe you're trailing them, but you're you're on the right track, right? I love that these men, these math whizzes, yourself, and then me, we can all end up to the same conclusion with different, with very different ways. Right. Right. It, it, it's great. Um, when it comes to launch angle and all these stack cast numbers, I think you're right. Uh, remember when exit velocity was the number one thing that we leaned on suddenly everyone turds on that quite a bit. And now we're like, what is max exit velocity when it comes to the fly balls and the line drives. Right. So then that's what you're onto for the most part. Right. When you're talking about pitchers though, you're talking about who's limiting damage. Right. Yep. Kyle, Kyle Hendricks, the Sorokas, these type of guys, mm-hmm. or this is, this is probably, I, I, I haven't, don't have it pulled up. I'm wondering about Chris Bassett right now, right? Is he high on that list? Um, let's look, I was, uh, I look at the overall list, both um, high fly ball and, and high pounded into the ground. Bassett, Bassett, he is not on the top of the list. Interesting. Okay. Well, I can, I can look him up after uh, I can look him up soon. One guy that, um, the one guy that uh, everyone's sort of shooting on his underlying metrics that had a good season was Christian Javier. And he is um, second on the list for um, the percentage of hits, percentage of batted balls that were over 50 degrees. So he's getting a lot of high pop-ups and pop-ups. Okay. And he was only second to Trevor Bauer. So that sort of explains his success. Now, the question is, like, I looked at this for 2020, and I honestly just haven't got around to looking at it for 2019. And the question is, are these numbers sort of sticky? So that's something I don't know. I'm just in the initial stages of looking at this. I can look up um, – let me let me look up uh, Chris Bassett, where he falls, now that you've asked me. Uh, and while I do that, why don't we get into uh, – you, you said you were uh, – I asked you to get, get me a couple fades. So why don't you start with your first fade players that you're, that you're not into? Hopefully it's not any of the three guys you had autographed. <laughs> That's a, that's a pretty solid segue there, Zach, uh, because when it comes to launch angle, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has none. Nice. He has none. Let's face it, like, he's got an incredible smile. He's got a lot of power. He has no launch angle. In fact, it got worse in 2020, okay? Like, I'm not going to just shit on this guy. I want him to succeed. I'm really starting to question a lot of Toronto now. Uh, maybe we can get into that later. 
But when it comes to Vladimir Guerrero Jr., like his launch angle went down. He had a poor one and it went down last year, not up. Okay, 6.7 to 4.6. Now he crushes the ball. Hard hit 50.8 last year. He's going to be a great player. I think when you take him at this uh, 50-ish range or so, you're not going to lose anything. He's going to hit in the middle of that order. He's probably going to have a decent batting average, even though his expected batting average over the last two years was only about 267, if I remember right. Okay, but a lot of the projection systems still like him for something closer to 300, something close to 30 bombs. Okay, it just hasn't quite happened yet. Right now, here we go again. It's spring training time. The, the reporters are starting to let those blurbs go. And we know he lost 40 pounds. Like, this is great. And it does illustrate his discipline in life. But we know this fluctuates. This has happened time and time again for other players. Pablo Sandoval was legendarily coming into spring training a little bit lighter every year, but by May, he had already ballooned again. Now, I don't know if this is going to be the case for Vlad, but it does nothing to change your launch angle. It does nothing. Now, maybe it increases his athleticism in the field at first base or third base or wherever they need to put him, okay? <laughs> but I'm just not there. And the other point on Vladimir Guerrero Jr., third base is so deep, like he's going so high, like how much are you going to get? What is your return on investment for Vlad when you're picking him that high? Okay. Yeah. I don't think you're going to lose a lot. It's fine. But what is going to be that ROI? I don't know. I think you can get almost the same project production, excuse me, out of Gio Urshela. Yeah. Gio Urshela wow. several picks later, right? Like, if, like if, if Vlad doesn't pop off and increases launch angle, if he only squeaks out 25 home runs, what does Gio get with 600 bats? 22, 23? In yeah. a Yankees lineup? Make a good point. If he doesn't pop off, then yeah, you're like, I see it. Right? You can get that 100 picks later in Urshela. You know those counting stats are going to be there given the same amount of plated appearances, right? So what are you really getting out of Vlad? Third base is so deep. Right. You're pretty much right. it. And then it comes down to my next fade. I'm really curious. I, I kind of want this to happen for the Pittsburgh Pirates. I want Key Brian Hayes to be amazing like he was in 2020, but I ain't there, man. I ain't buying that. Like, I'm not doing that. Those, those numbers were outrageous. Those are video game numbers that he's never done before, okay? We're talking about power that he's never done before in the minor leagues, and I always get the pushback when I pop off on Twitter. Well, uh, you know, Frankie Lindor did it. Well, that's one in 100-plus years of our game. Like, what are we talking about here, fellas? Do not create the narrative for yourself. Let the numbers speak for themselves. This is such a small sample. His, his BABIP was like 450. His power, now, that's the thing, right? If those skills hold for Cabrian Hayes, a 92-mile-an-hour exit velocity and some speed, which he's never done. He's only had like 13 stolen bases over high A ball. Okay, I think he had a season close to 30 stolen bases. I thought he had that. So that's up. the, yeah, no, please do, because this is a major point. Everyone's like, well, speed at the position is, is just unheard of. And I totally agree. Yeah, he but, had a 27 stolen base season. Um, but but it was at it was at uh, high. high A ball. That's right. So Okay, okay, sorry. I, I misheard you then. No, that's okay. I might have said that, it wrong. After that is 12 pops. We know that does not necessarily translate to Major League Baseball as it is, okay? We know a lot of people, Jack Peterson, George Springer, highly famous for stealing a ton of bases in the minor leagues, and it doesn't translate 
you know, into the, into the majors. Then we're talking about our, our, our team outlook here in the Pittsburgh Pirates. Trash. They're straight trash. Like, they are not trying to win any games. The lineup is god-awful. He will not have the counting stats that we were talking about with Vlad and Gio Rochello. It's not going to be there for the guy. So he must hit those home runs. He must steal all of those bases in order to return some kind of value. I don't understand, again, at third base being so deep why you would take these risks. I don't I mean, understand. I'm warm on him. Um, yeah. People think, I'm, people think I'm, I'm higher on him because we did take him. Me and Curlin did take him in our tag team um, uh, draft that we did the other day. But that was more of a Curlin pick than my pick. But I, I, I didn't hate it. Um, I, 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 I'm lukewarm on him and I, I, I had the same trepidations you did. I, I did look at like all of his hits on Savant and I was worried about his power, but after, like, I do worry uh, everything you said, I agree with like all those concerns, just the power. I think it can be legit. I think like his, his exit velocity is legit. Just looking at his hits, like his home runs are just like, some of his home runs are opposite field, like dead center, just like man can hit the ball. Like, I don't, maybe, maybe things have changed since, but he, what he showed in the major leagues showed me that he his power could be legit at least. I don't know what like your, your, the thing about the stolen bases valid point. I don't know for sure how many steal how many steals he can get. Projections say what nine. That seems fair. Like I don't think he's gonna get anything crazy. But um, yeah, I'm, he's a guy I'm, I'm lukewarm on, and I, I agree with you. Just I didn't get to comment after Vlad. Yeah, I I I think I think that's solid. I think um I think that's a solid fade. I don't I don't have many of him. I don't think I think I might have got one of him like in the sixth round, but that's never happening anymore. Um, a lot of really smart players are on Vlad this year again, um, but I'm not going to be. I agree with you on that. And I did uh, before you get into your last fade. I did look at Chris Bassett uh, to answer your question and yeah for the, for the I don't know what you call it well, the launch angle. Um, the launch angle um, extre- uh, extremities, he was about average in, in both categories. So he was about, he was about par for the, he was about middle of the road. Okay. That makes sense. Wasn't bad. Wasn't great. All right. So who's your third? My third is actually this narrative that everyone's jumped on. That's everyone's copycat copycatting. It's, it's the pocket aces copycat, right? Everyone is going here, going after pocket aces too much it's gone too far okay not everyone can walk out of the first two rounds with two starting pitchers and just expect to be successful right you're passing on a ton of talent offensive talent that you cannot get back all right i i've been heavily invested in stolen bases in the early rounds in the last two years and and the idea that i've touched on with all these players so much is roi right what are you getting back from your draft capital right like I understand the value of the right starting pitchers, but what about Verlander last year, right? These happen all the time. Is this Max Scherzer's unfortunate outcome here coming? Is he 37 years old too, like Verlander last year? It's entirely possible. Yeah, 36 or 7. Yeah, they absolutely might give you nothing, and your season is over. Your next six months is over, right? That's right. The important part is to identify – the, 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 the outliers or the people who pro- could provide the ROI. Now, I realize that everyone's trying to do that, Tambo. Like, what the hell are you talking about? But the, 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 the fantasy managers who were able to do this better than others are the ones that are going to win out. Not just draft starting pitchers first and second all the time. Now, I know Toby has been made famous for this, but if you really listen to what Toby's saying now, he's not really pushing that up this year as much. 
I don't know if you've noticed, like he really hasn't put that out there. I think everyone else has jumped on board and now they're too late, right? Now, typically I'm a zig, not zag guy. Like I'm gonna go a different direction. I'm not gonna hit this too hard. You must get starting pitching. You must get the right ones. But are you gonna take Walker Bueller when the LA Dodgers have seven starting pitchers and he's never thrown over 180 innings yet? Like, are you, you going to be that guy? You're going to do that? Like, that's risk to me. And I don't understand it. I think it's gone too far. So I'm fading this idea of pocket aces. I will say that when, if I get a starting pitcher in the first round, let's say I get a starting pitcher in the first round, it will depend what pitcher. I will go pocket aces. And you see in this draft, I did. It has to be the right two pitchers. I agree. Dealer is not one that I want as my SP1 or really even my SP2 at this point. We're um, relative what you what you can get. I think it. I think it just matters on it matters which pitching you're getting. I think certain pitchers give you that edge, and um, like like a Cole Degrom, Bieber, they, like those guys are very valuable this year. I think, and I think if you want if if you want to pair them with another pitcher, I think like that pitcher has to hit all the criteria for me. It has to it has to be somebody who's going to throw the innings, and somebody's going to be very um, reliable. Only a couple pitchers, and it that I'm comfortable taking in that second round, because if you look at the first round pitchers, you say they're called the ground Bieber, and then you can maybe throw Bauer and Giolito in there, perhaps maybe. Um, so if I've taken a pitcher, if I've taken one of those same top three pitchers, I'm going to be very, very selective in terms of if there's a pitcher that falls to me, if I'm going to take them, like if I have a pitcher in the first round, like you nailed it, Bueller, no, Flaherty, probably not Scherzer, Kershaw, no, um, I don't want any of those guys as my second pitcher. I'd rather I'd rather go with the hitter there. There are other there are pitchers which I will double tap. I think will give you an advantage. Now on the on the flip side, if I go with the hitter in the first round and I realize that we're in one of those boards where um, starting it's pitch, all yellow, it's all yellow, it's all yellow. Starting pitchers falling <laughs> off. Then you like we, I've gotten to I've gotten to the point where like there was a draft that the the battle of the podcasts we had a, we had a draft and pitching was flying in that draft, and I was in the second round. I think I took. Who did I take? I think I took bets in the first round. And um, what was left was I was at a point where sort of where you were, like, I, like, I, like where you were auto-drafting here. Um, um, so I was at a point where your robot was and um, I had bets. And then what was there was Scherzer, Flair. I, no, Flaherty was gone. So I had Scherzer, Woodruff, I think Kershaw, Gallon. So what, like I will because they didn't have a pitcher. I knowing that how pitcher goes, I did take Woodruff there, but they're like, if Woodruff was gone at that point, like, I don't know, like it just, it really depends on which pitcher. So I don't, I, don't, I think, I think, I think we're saying the same thing. It's not like, uh, like, would, would you go pocket aces? Like, are you saying no way at like at any point or would you, is there a circumstance where you would take it? Well, listen, if you get pocket aces, if you go, if you go legit pocket aces, round one, round two, where are you getting your stolen bases from? Like, that's, that's right. Tough. Yeah. Yeah. You need to, you need to really target them later on. You're going to be looking in the outfield and you want to make sure that like the, the positions that get stolen bases, like you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be looking at your Robles, your Leo, Leo Tavares, like those type of players. And if you don't like those players, then you got a problem. You got a real problem, Zach. You're exactly right. You're going to count on Leoti for all these steals when he's never even been in the league very, very much longer. There's some numbers you can point to to say he'll be fine. And others, they're like, this is a problem, right? But we know people leaned on Malik Smith last year, right? Destroyed. Right. Danny Santana, oh, he steals bases. He's eligible everywhere. What, did, what happened with him last year? 
you lost. You lost. If you don't get your steals early, they're probably not coming to you. Now we're told there's also Andres Jimenez, right, for the Cleveland Indians, but he's got an option available. He might end up in the minors to start the season. Now, granted, he's eligible in a lot of places, but what what what's he reliable for? How do we know? Mm-hmm. Right. This is a lot of guesswork. So this is my thing. And uh, <laughs> we had Toby on, and I wanted to push him, and I love him so much I couldn't do it. But like, what happens when you? This is exactly my point. What happens when you do the pocket aces? Where are you going to get your steals? Now he was high on Victor Robles. Me and my co-host were not. We were off that wagon altogether. And I'm sure Toby did very well last year. Last year. Okay. Last year. So, like, I'm sure Toby did very well in his leagues, regardless of what happened yeah. to Robles. But, one, like, three, that one, was a main thing. Well, three main events. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so he knows what he's doing. Like, I don't want to push back on Toby too much. But it's just this idea. You like, push back, but you'd be wrong. <laughs> like, you'd be yeah, wrong. Right. Right. Like, right. Your, process exactly. right. your process might be right, but, like, your, the, the conclusion you come to is wrong because Toby <laughs> crushed it. Exactly. But exactly. I, I think yeah, you knew that. It's just danger for me, Right. Un- it's, so let's it's, look at this. Let's look at this draft. The, the one that we're, we're in right now. Two players went pocket aces. Let's see how that. I, I actually haven't looked yet um, how the, how that played out. But like, let's look at Team Fourteen. Okay. Went Bauer Giolito. How did that play out for him? There is steel, there are steals to be had in the round. Okay. So he did get Sterling Marte, who I don't and love, I- but he did get him. And then later on, he got Ramon Liriano, Segura. Uh, if you go down, Hillier, that's not. He's toast. Let's face it, he's toast. Like, I like the Marte pick. I totally do. That's reliable steals for me, okay? Like, I know he's getting older, but he's going to be leading off from Miami. They're going to use that skill set up, right? But Loriano, complete bust last year. Complete bust. Now, he lost his mind and ran into that dugout and was never the same, right? We saw that. But he was a complete bust. Like, what? what is high-end Ramon Loriano going to do? Can he get you 20 bags? Probably not, I don't think. Probably not. Probably not. I'd tag him at, like, 12 to 15. Yeah, like he's. I I see him as like if you're looking at like a, a happy to draft. If you're happy you drafted Loriano, I think he's going to get you like a 25-12 season. That's what I yeah, see. That's fair. Like that's on, fair. On, on the upside. Yeah, I think if he picked away a little more, like I don't know that what a dozen steal twenty nineteen Paul DeYoung is coming back. Uh, Segura certainly he'll get you the chippies, but he's not exactly buying high. And I think he'll get you ten. I've got I've got faith for Segura to get him ten. That's fair. That's completely fair, right? And it wouldn't be so. It wouldn't be so surprising if he gave you twenty five all of a sudden. If he just decided to steal again, right? Right. And all the look, he's reaching at the end there with Roman Quinn. That's a, that's a hail mary. I don't exactly. I don't want to do that. That's just not the player that I am. That's scary for me. Well, yeah, Roman Quinn. There's a couple guys later that that I like that I think can maybe like you can maybe get something out of. But I don't think I don't think Roman Quinn's that guy. I think he's last on that list. Um, so another player went pocket aces. That was me. Bieber Nola. Now that, that's interesting because while we were talking earlier about going pocket aces, well, we didn't actually mention Aaron Nola. What to do with Aaron Nola? He's been reliable. Like he's given us a ton of innings over the last five or six years, right? Until he doesn't. Is he a ticking time bomb at this point? Or is he just like broken the curve? Like he's fine. So this is a really interesting pick. Bieber, I love. Can't complain, right? But now it's questionable. I actually own Aaron Nola in a keeper league, so it's easier just to hold here. Uh-huh. But I wonder about it, right? Is he a ticking time bomb or no? Or did you pay for a career year? Because this was incredible in the short season. Right? I'm paying up for him. He's, one of the, he's obviously one of the guys I feel comfortable with as my second pitcher here. So I did take Bieber Nola. Now, with respect Look at your next two picks. With respect to the speed. Nailed it. I recovered better than this other guy. A thousand percent, man. 
Whit Merrifield leading off for the Royals. We know what he's going to do. Great pick, right? Multi-eligible. We, that's reliable speed. Just like the Marte pick, this is reliable speed. Now, a Randy Rosarina, people, this is a bipolar player, right? Where, where, where people sit on him. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to pay up or pay at this cost, but I still like him. Okay. If you look at his Fangraphs page, he has hit at every level along the way. I don't understand why the Cardinals didn't play him, especially considering their current outfield problems. This is a huge mistake for that organization. But nonetheless, I think his floor will give you value here. Like, I, I wonder about the batting average. It appears like he might have some Pedro Serrano going on a little bit with a hit fastball very hard and then struggles with the rest. But I think he's going to be fine with the Rays, and you're going to get those stolen bases. He's done it everywhere. Right. And then I went with Swanson and Altuve. I think they can get me maybe 10 around 10 each. So I think after that, with the four of those guys, I, I hit on speed with all of my for all of my first four to some some degree, all of my first four picks, my hitters. And then I have Kalenic. Kalenic, Kalenic might chip in, and then Colton Wong. These are great picks. And then Margot. So I think I think I'm okay in speed. So I think with my pocket aces, I think I recovered, but I did have to, I did have to really focus on it to recover. So I, I'm, I'm fairly happy with this. I'm fairly happy with how my draft turned out with respect to speed and, and pitching. So totally agree. So I'm good there. Really interesting. Yeah. And then, and it's, it's interesting. I'm really concerned about the first base position in general, right? If you don't pay up for some of the studs, where are you going to go? Well, you know, it, it doesn't appear like the DH is going to happen for the national league. I was high on Dom Smith. Now I can't be right. I'm not even going to touch him without knowing there's going to be a DH, but I think he did really well here. Get our Walsh and Reese Hoskins. Yeah. What do you think about Walsh? It's really, it's, it's really interesting. There it's a, <laughs> the power's there. This, right. The, the Pujols is there too. <laughs> the Pujols is there. Is he going to get, you know, this, this taper thing, this Mariano Rivera hats off to you, Derek Jeter hats off to you everywhere he goes. He's a, he's, he's a paperweight there. Yeah. Yeah. He's washed. It's over. I, I totally agree. It, it, it probably all depends on the first uh, 60 days for Anaheim, right? Are they playing good baseball? Right. If so, then they're probably going to let them play. It'll probably have to be some kind of part of that. But if not, then it's, it's Jared Walsh all day. Yeah. Yep. I have to, I have to say, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> so I like the Franchi pick. Okay. You on this? Franchi, he's got COVID now. So I don't know. It's, oh, a, no. it's an upside pick. He's got, I hadn't heard that. Yeah. He's on the COVID list. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, how far are we, how far along are we in this draft? I want to see who I have. Was it round 31? It looks like you've gone a lot of uh, SPs late. Brad Keller, TJ Antone, Albert Azale for the Cubs. Nasty slider. Yep. I'm hoping that he performs well. I've got quite a bit of him. And then I've just um, done the Monopoly board, as me and, me and uh, my friend John like you'd say. I uh, just get all the, get, I'll buy up all the properties in one team. So I got <laughs> Hawk and Pavetta. So I figured like, one of those, at least one or two of those guys are at least going to be get, getting me starts. So I'll, <laughs> I'll have someone, uh, like somebody with a pulse that I can put in my lineup because that's sometimes what you need in these, in these drafts. And they do have some upside. And um, I, think they're, I think they're pretty serviceable from round 27 to 31 to have those players there. We're, get, we're getting there. We're getting to close to pick 500. And that's what I wanted to ask you about. Now, I'll make you a deal. I'll say that if you, if you give me a, a super pick that I wasn't already on, if there's somebody that I was already inclined to pick, I'm, I'm not going to not pick him. But if you, 
I'll, I'll lay off for, out of professional courtesy. If you give me <laughs> that I haven't been drafting, I won't, I won't touch it. So I want to hear some of your, your um, I'll give you my word. Um, I want to hear some of your, uh, some of the sleepers you have planned because you said this is your first DC. So um, um, this is your first real crack at taking these um, long shots that are either prospects or players that you think are going to fall into more playing time or whatever. Right. So who, who you got? It's really interesting. So I didn't expect to go this late when you when you asked about sleepers. I was going Jordan oh. Montgomery that we mentioned earlier, Nathan Neovaldi, and then we talked oh, okay. about let's, let's yeah. talk about your your sleepers that you've already taken. Then <laughs> okay, it makes it easier. So I don't have well, to, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have to I don't have to play nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's simple as this with with Montgomery and Evaldi. Okay, if you just go through the leaderboards of the last two years, but not necessarily on Evaldi, but the leaderboards on on the simple stats that you can point to quality pitchers it's k to walk and montgomery and Evaldi hit hard on those okay if you just want to simplify and go to the bloom boards we know brian bloomfield puts out one of his bloom boards once a week evaldi's been on nearly all of them okay and on his account only four pitchers with four pitches over 11 percent swinging strike rate blake snell the beebs max scherzer and nathan evaldi okay that's incredible company right there now we know he's capable of doing it in 2018 he had a great year right followed by 2019 where he got injured. So this is the caveat with Evaldi, right? But if you're, pay, if you're paying ADP 230, what are you losing with this guy? It's all upside. Boston's got an incredible lineup. They're going to bounce back. They're going to play better baseball. And if he can pitch well for him, he will rack up the wins. All right. I, what about Montgomery? Montgomery is a guy that like a lot of people are all over. And I just, maybe I haven't looked into him enough. I was, I, I'm a little bit scared off about like just the, the number of options they have in New York now. And That's fair. Okay. I, I don't know. He's just a guy that um, I was, I didn't have any shares of last year, so I didn't really keep um, a pulse on him. So I, I feel like I'm, I might be missing out. So, so sell me on Montgomery, please. It's the same base. K to walk 5.22 ERA to FIP 5.11. His FIP was 3.87 backed up by a Sierra 3.84, right? So when it comes to predictive, 3.84 Sierra, love to see that, a 13% strike rate overall. And then I think when you're talking about replacements in the New York Yankees, are we really trusting Tyon for, I don't know, 130 innings? Corey Kluber hasn't pitched in two years. Two years, right? right. Like, <laughs> he's had an incredible year. You could just lock him down for 210 innings, almost, for, what was it, five straight years, boatloads of strikeouts. But that's long gone now. So what are we, what are we talking about? I think a good floor for Montgomery is probably an ERA south of four, just as the Sierra indicates, okay? And we know the New York Yankees will rack up the wins no matter what. I think the caveat with Jordan Montgomery's success might be to like home run fly ball rate, right? If he can limit damage on that note, he'll be great. And that news of the dead and ball, now I'm, I'm going for it. I'm going for Jordan Montgomery all day. Like Andrew Heaney is another one of those cases where he was getting beat up by a lot of fly balls, right? Mm -hmm. Jordan Montgomery is the same case, especially playing in New York Stadium or the AL East in general, right? But if he can limit that, especially with his dead and ball, even though there's no way to determine before our drafts what kind of damage the dead and ball will do, this guy is on the up. And again, at price, ADP 220, I'll take that risk. Man, I didn't really think about the Yankees rotation. I, for some reason, I thought it was just like loaded and there's a there's a log jam. But after Cole and then Kluber and Ty Tyon, 
you got really nothing there. You got Herman Montgomery, David Garcia. So like he, he is pretty much locked into a spot to start, isn't he? This is also his second year coming off as Tommy John. Okay. Fastball was at all time high of 93 last year. Maybe we get another tick out of that coming from the left-hand side. He's a left-handed pitcher. I like a lot of Jordan Montgomery. Uh, I'm all over this pick. Well, a lot of other smart individuals are. I just, I honestly, I'm not, I'm not out on him. I, I don't have any shares of him and I've been in a lot of drafts and I'm kind of kicking myself for not, not looking into him further. He's sort of a guy that is, I've been targeting other guys around that time. Where, where did you take him? You took him what round? Uh, let's see here. You took him in round 15 when I was looking at a guy like Drew Smiley. Um, or interesting, Jared Walsh. Not, I took Smiley after you took Montgomery. So, to say, well, that's also a popular sleeper pick, right? It is, but it's a guy that I that I've been able to look into more and and sort of digest more than I have. I just haven't taken the like some some players you just look at more and you analyze more and you spend more time on, and that that happens to be Smiley for me. And I guess it happens to be Montgomery for you. Well, go ahead and tell me about Drew Smiley because I thought it's really interesting. In the past, like week and a half or so, we've heard. Uh, Toby again, Batflip crazy loves Drew Smiley, and then I don't know if you heard about uh, the Launch Eagle podcast. Uh, Rob Silver, the Canadian Rob Silver, absolutely lost his mind on Drew Smiley. He is completely I that one. I don't know if I've listened to that one yet. Is he that- is completely off of Drew Smiley. It's twenty six innings. It's twenty six innings, and then if you look at his each individual breakdown, his outings, there's like one inning three innings. He maxed out at five innings. So he has a 26 total innings, but it's over the course of like, you know, 10 games. So he's only pitching like three innings, four innings at a time. So what, what, what can he do uh, going long or going through six months of a season when we know he's never been healthy? Right. And that's the, I think it's the health. That's the, it's the kicker. I think if he is healthy, I think that he was signed in Atlanta to pitch legitimate innings. And I don't, I don't see Atlanta. Atlanta might be, might be one of those few teams that don't start with a six man because Soroka is not going to start on their, on their, um, on their healthy roster. So um, you've heard a lot of rumors about six man Atlanta um, might not do it, might not do that. I think Morton's a good, a good pick because I don't think they're going to be cautious with him at all. Like if his arm falls off, if it's, they're going to, they're going to drag they're going to Yvonne Drago's arm. If he dies, he dies. Right? <laughs> a thousand percent. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, they might in that sort of rotation, Smiley's there. Like they might Drago Smiley too. If he dies, he dies. Right. I so, might call my rotation Drago right here. I got Scherzer. I got Corbin. I yeah. Got, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Right? But they're not going to get COVID because you're going to get vaccinated. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So Smiley had great ratios. I was all over Smiley in 2019. In round third, you would you would get him cheaper because yeah, the same same idea, the velocity. Like I think he was was he in the race at that point, or was he Texas or something like that? Anyways, I was all over him one of those years. Like it was, it was 2019, 2020. I was off him. I'm like okay, he burned me in 2019 off him. This year, like he actually finally in um, San Fran, he explained what happened. He, he said yeah, the, the velocity is up. He actually had an explanation for it. So at pick 200, uh, yeah, like the concerns that you mentioned are. Definitely valid concerns. However, um, if you get it out of your head that this is not how he's going to be used, and like you realize, for me, I'm thinking the Braves don't want to use him how he was used in San Francisco last year. And it all comes down to is he going to hold up health wise? And that would be the question anyway. So I'm not too worried about like his inning usage 
Um, like it's sort of like the same thing with Gosman. Gosman only has a very limited track record for pitching that many innings because he, before last year, he was only good out of the bullpen, I think in, in Atlanta. And um, he, this, in that short period of time, people are also worried. Did he just go all out in that knowing it was a short season? So I think there's questions with him as well. Um, yeah. So, and then, and then Gosman's totally relying on the splitter, right? Which we know is hot or cold. I know I, I, I bust uh, Michael Simeon's balls, uh, SP streamer all the time on Gosman as he posts things uh, just like Ryan Bloomfield and his bloom boards. When Simeon's posting things, Kevin Gosman keeps showing up, but he don't like him because of the splitter. So I bust <laughs> his chops all the time. Well, he's, Gosman's also losing velocity too, isn't he? Like, yeah, I, I believe think, so. I think, he, I think his, his velocity well, velocity has gone down. So it's sort of um, counterintuitive, but he's getting better, but some of the underlyings are just getting worse. But Gosman's a guy that I don't mind, but I think he's he's sort of crept up in boards and he's getting a little bit too pricey for me. Totally agree. Thoughts, like in that in that in that family of pitchers, I think we're, we're living like Montgomery and Smiley are sort of a little bit cheaper, but then you get into the got, you're starting to, to shop at the more expensive stores. And when you get to Gosman, what do you think about um, Musgrove? Do you think his prices got too high? Man, this is really interesting, right? Like if you hit, it, man, so he's moved over to San Diego, right? He has a lineup around him. The wins will be there if he pit, if he pitches well, like he has at the end of the last two seasons. We only have about two months of really good pitching out of him. So if it clicks, you cash. But this is the third year in a row, the third draft season in a row that we've talked about him and it hasn't exactly happened, right? So if the velo is there, I think it's something you need to monitor in spring training. Hopefully we see some velo out of him and because that seems to be exactly the switch that he needs. So it's, it's really curious. I haven't drafted him yet. I've been heavy on the Montgomery, Eovalde, and then Jose Arquiti in Houston. I've been going that route later, uh, knowing if they bust, uh, it's, it's less of a loss for me. I'm usually filling out my lineup when it comes to Gosman, and, and uh, I'm blanking out. Um, the, the Padres pitcher you just asked me about. Oh, Musgrove. His name, my Musgrove. goodness, Joe Musgrove. I lost it. It was just gone. Yeah. yeah. So oh, when it comes to that range, I'm generally just filling out my lineup and, and hitting pitching later. Right. That makes sense. It, it's totally possible. Like if you hit, he's going to be one of the best pitchers in the league. It, it appears <laughs> in a short sample. But, you know, I, I like to have a floor like these guys that provide Montgomery, you know, Voldy, and then much later. So when there's a floor and they don't exactly hit, there's less lost as well. Would you ever be comfortable with Montgomery as your SP3? Or is that too, that's too spicy? Well, then, if, if that's the case, what is going to be my four, five, and six, right? That would be scary for me, certainly. I do like uh, Brady Singer in Kansas City a little bit later. He, later. he might end up being a Kyle Hendricks clone. It's really interesting. Uh, there's, there's, I don't there's, see it like that. I, I see his strikeouts as much more than Hendricks. Okay. More upside? I see more upside with, with Singer, but I think Kansas City, they, they could have a couple of guys that, coming up that are better than him. I think he might be, he might not be the best pitcher, but like, I think right now he's their best pitcher. Keller's another guy that, like, well, I shouldn't say that because Brad Keller, he's a big, he's like a, he's like a Hendricks clone in my opinion. I think Keller is like the Hendricks guy and Singer could be like, um, Singer could be, I think he's, he's just a guy that's going to get you, he could get you a, a strikeout for inning. Okay. Yeah, hopefully so. 
that Hopefully slot. so. I actually like what Kansas City done, okay? Like, we, we don't expect a lot out of them. I think they have a good all-around team. I know we talked about Hunter Dozier earlier. He made a bat no higher than sixth all season. Uh, that is a little bit of a hit on his uh, upside, but I'm still willing to go there. Right on. So those those are the players that I sort of um, think that have like that I think are in that family that have just risen up boards. Gosman, Musgrove. Is there anyone else that um, actually another guy that I want that that isn't quite? He's sort of in the middle of the monk. Like you have your Montgomery, Smiley, and you can put Andrew Heaney in that range and Brady Singer. They're sort of like your darlings in that area. And then you have the darlings that are, that are going up around 100, which are Musgrove, Gossman. I don't know if there's anyone I'm missing there, but there's a guy that sort of like lies in between. His name's Aaron Savali. I think he's going ahead of the, the first group we were talking about. He's shortened his arm slot. Um, he's, he's changed his mechanics. I, to be honest, I don't know anything about that, but um, I that's been made famous just as late as last year with Lucas Giolito, right? He he shortened his arms arm arm socket or not not socket, excuse me. Arm, yeah, arm slot and suddenly exploded, right? He had to go outside of the organization to figure it out, but here it is. And my my question being a question just coming from someone that doesn't know anything about it is like, could this make him worse? So I, I know. Not expecting you to give me an answer on that, but that's something, that's something that concerns me when I draft him. Like, is this okay? Just because he's making a change, is, is, it, is a change always better? And I think the answer is no. So, yeah, I think there's a lot. There's a lot of question marks about these pitchers around here. But that's that's how you win leagues. And if I, I looked at like I looked at the draft champions leagues from last year, and, I, and you look at all the teams that did very very well, there's something that they have in common. They, it sounds obvious to say, but they all hit on pitching. They either right. hit on pitching early and and hit on like Shane Bieber and um, Darvish or Darvish wasn't even a super high pick last year. You can get him past the fourth round, but like Bieber or Cole or like, or you hit on those pitchers or like, if you didn't, if you didn't get pitching early, you had to hit on it later. You had to get it somewhere. So either you, either you paid up for it and you were successful doing that, or you got the Maeda's, the Carrasco's, the Zach Plezak to an extent, like he, he got enough innings and Corbin Burns was on a ton of teams. So if you didn't hit it early, you had to hit it late. So if, if you're not going pocket aces, like, like maybe you've alluded to, you're going to like, who, like of, of the Burns, like of this year, the Burns, Maeda, they're all going in different ranges. Burns was super late. Um, some of these pitchers are going to, some of these pitchers are going to win leagues for someone. And that's the big question right now. So who, who do you think like, who do you, if you had to pick a league winner from someone between pick 100 and 200 and then someone after, I know I'm sort of putting you on the spot, but you probably have an answer. You probably have pictures that you like in your head. Someone between 100 and 200, it could have been one of the pictures we talked about already. And then somebody after that, who, who's, who's going to be like your picture from 100, 200, which could be your like Maeda, your Gallon, whoever, something like that for this year. And who's going to be your Colvin Burns? I'm going to go. 100 to 200, it's Jose or Kitty all day. Okay. Now, this is, I'm going to be honest with you. This is going to, is somewhat new to me. Uh, when I look at a, a pitcher breakdown, you know, I do start with the, the K to walk and a breakout to swing and strike rate and these sort of things. But when you look at his savant page and you scroll down to his horizontal and vertical movement on his stuff, it's all red. 
Like everything that this kid throws is all red. The strikeouts weren't necessarily there. He got started late in 2020. Uh, they were, Houston was kind of mum the word on what was going on with Arquiti. It is believed that it was a COVID thing as well, but he did pitch very well once he came back, right? So then if you scroll down here to uh, his horizontal movement, 3.8 inches of, of horizontal movement on his changeup, 6.4 on his slider, tons of movement on all of his pitches. I think the strikeouts are coming for Jose Urquidy, and I like the team concept there, or the team context, obviously, and Houston, a great ball club. The wins will be there. The strikeouts are coming. I like Jose Urquidy. Uh, I don't know if he actually qualifies. Is he going below 200 right now? It's really close, I know. It's close enough. I, I don't have it off the top of my head, but I, it's, he, he fits. He, fit, he definitely fits that. That yeah. he's not, he's not, he's not like Corbin Burns. So if you're going to pick him, he's more of the first one for sure. That's super late. I, I, Corbin Burns, yeah, that was totally off the map last year. Yeah, I think was, he was at first, he was like in early draft season, he was going around pick 400 or later. Then, um, it's funny because like consistently he was going around pick 400 or later when I was drafting in October, November. They started creeping up, and by the time I did the main event, Matt Modica was in my main event and he took him like a pick like 160. Oh, I, I, wow. I plan on, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to set the min on Corbin Burns and fucker. <laughs> he outmin me, but, um, and it worked out. It obviously worked out for him. I don't know. Overall, I forget. I forget. I don't know how he did, but like, yeah, obviously that good for him. But then you kind of leaned into it a little bit. You were talking about Kanta Maeda just shortly ago, right? One year ago, Kanta Maeda was all over Ryan Bloomfield's bloom boards, all right, for all the things that he looks for, the K to walk, the swinging strike rate, and he actually got better, okay? So now people are worried, well, he's going too high this year. Well, that player, we've already talked about him, is Nathan Eovaldi. He's all over those boards. The things that people want out of a starting pitcher, he's going super late, like 225, I forget what we just said, 230 it looks like, okay? But the swinging strike rate on four different pitches – he, the team context is great. They have a great offense. The wins are going to be there if he pitches well. Can this man stay healthy? I'm not sure, right? I'm not sure. It's only He's, he's only been, I think, uh, 190 innings one time, one single time. So there is somewhat of a risk. But at ADP 230, if there's a guy that I can point to that can make that leap, it might be him. Well, you, you know what? The good, the good thing about um, the pitchers you've listed is you you put your money where your mouth is because all the guys are on your team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, uh, I'm looking, I'm like, okay, well, you're talking to this guy. Why didn't you grab him? Well, you did grab him. And like, <laughs> you're like, you're like if anyone, it's him. And like, I'm like, looking, I'm like, yeah, you took him before all these other guys as well. So like, you are consistent with, um, with uh, putting your money where your mouth is. So I give you that. I respect that. And, and again, Houston Astros, Jose Urquidy, the wins will be there. Jordan Montgomery, New York Yankee, the wins will be there. There's no way to predict this, but this is what you have to do, right? Nathan Eovaldi, Boston Red Sox, that's a good ball team. They're going to bounce back. The wins will be there for all three of these guys. And I, I, I like uh, Urquidy's a guy I got to get more shares of. And he's also kind of like a, a Drago guy. If he dies, he dies. Because not only, <laughs> not only like, not like, like in a vacuum himself, but like Dusty Baker um, Dragos all of his pitchers. Yeah, yeah. Two fucks about him. <laughs> so yeah, no, like I think you're gonna, I think you're you're gonna get a lot of innings. There's a lot of the, the, the ceiling on your pitching staff is a lot of innings and a lot of quality innings. So I 
I like look, it. you play a lot in these deep leagues. You're talking about Corbin Burns over 400. Do you have a guy? Give us a guy that's that deep that you like. I've got a few of them. Um, okay. Over over 400. Oh, whatever. I feel like that's that's yeah. super deep. I think when it came to Corbin Burns, everyone was questioning role, right? Yes. So is it Freddie Peralta this year? Is it that simple? We know I mean, that man. He's, one of, them. he's right. one of the guys. I've been sort of, um, I sort of got steered off him recently because he's just like, um, you can get a lot of guys. Like I'm thinking, he's talking to my buddy Dave McDonald and he was, and I was talking about Freddie Peralta and he's like, like, what's he going to get you? He's like, he's going to be, he's not going to be a starter. But now we're talking, now maybe Dave's mind has changed. He's like, you can get similar skills that way later than you pick 300 to 350. And I'm, I'm thinking like a guy like Garrett Crochet could fill that same skill set. I know that's not the answer to your question, but I'm thinking like, well, who could be the Corbin Burns of this year? Um, honestly, could be Ponce de Leon. Oh, I just got him. I know. I just got him. And that's a guy that I, I put out a tweet last year. You can go search my name and you can search Ponce de Leon. And I said, you can see, he's my, he was my prediction, like in October of a guy that's going to rise up boards like Corbin Burns did. Interesting. Uh, so you know who else likes him? Our friend, John L at MLB moving averages, big Ponce de Leon guy. So now we got this thing. It's, it's happening. Uh, let, let's just wish that. Yeah. Now that we, once we put this podcast out and, and it gets like 10,000 listens, <laughs> Tony Tamburinos and Zach Waxman are talking to each other, <laughs> the battle of the pods and our secret's going to be out on Ponce de Leon. I've got a couple other guys, but Ponce de Leon, he's, he just, he just, um, if I had to pick one, um, some of the guys are that I, that I'm sort of on, I've pushed up above 400, but if he's still going past 400, so yeah, I'm going to pick him. I'm going to pick Daniel Ponce de Leon. I like it, man. Urban I Burns definitely like him. 2021. Very cool. I like it for sure. All right. So before we, before we uh, sign off, anything else you want to talk about, anything else you want to plug that you're doing, you got the open bar dudes, open bar, open bar podcast, great podcast. I listened to a couple episodes recently. I think you guys are doing great work and I'm really glad that I got to talk to you and we've sort of put a face to a face and a face to whatever. And um, we're, we're in the same, we're in the same industry and we, we are just sort of hanging out in the same space. And it's good that, um, we can become a little bit better friends by talking now. I'm happy. Yeah, dude. Thank you so much. It was great meeting you. I think one of the things that differentiates you for me is like, just as you mentioned, you, you know, you dabble with the NFBC world more than we do. I'm uh, just now in my first DC and this will be my second year playing in the TGFBI. So we, what we did when we got started, we, you know, not as many podcasts out. I was listening to a ton and it was all the same material over and over and over a lot of nerdery. And I, got, I turned to my friend who also likes to play a lot of fantasy baseball. And I feel like we can interject this with a lot of energy, not as much as Palazzo podcast. Those guys are nuts, right? But I think we can interject some bro humor here, a little dad humor at times and have a good time and still give the, the people what they need, the stack ass and the numbers that they need, right? So that's what our goal is. Now, again, we're not as consistent as everyone out there. I do work nights, so we don't get to podcast or record as often as we'd like, but we're doing our best. And I, and I hope we've put out a product that people enjoy. And so far, so good. Yeah, I think you're doing great work. And I was sort of, sort of the same thing. I said, like, same reason. There's a lot, there wasn't that many podcasts. I'm like, I, I want to, this is, I did a show that I would want to listen to. This is, I didn't want to hear about mock drafts. I want to hear real drafts, real money drafts. I don't want to hear first round rankings. I don't want to hear like, oh, draft Tatis or Acuna. Like, listen, I don't care. Like, <laughs> I don't need to know who you like in the first round. I want to, I want to dig deeper. I want to, I want to find the, 
the cost of reels. That's exactly, if I was listening to a podcast, question you asked me would be exactly what I wanted to hear other people talk about. Whether they want to hear me or um, you or whoever, whatever guests we have on, that's that's the question. But um, I'm, I'm, I think I commend you for what you're doing. And I think, and I'm glad we got, I'm glad we got to talk to each other. And I'm on the clock. Why don't we end, why don't we end off on that? Oh, where are you looking? I am trying to find our draft, first of all. (laughs) Okay, so I'm looking. I'm looking at my team, and I'm looking. I'm okay on catcher. I'm okay on first. I'm okay second base. Okay, I got my – I got Orlando Arcia last time because I think I was a little bit light on shortstop. I only had Swanson. Left side of my infield could use some work. Outfield, I'm okay. So if I'm looking at my team, looks like I'm a little bit short on pitching. Um, So I'm going to be looking for – a maybe a pitcher here, perhaps. Let me ask you this, since this is my first DC, how many catchers are you going to carry with 50 rounds of choices? Four or five, depending. Are you really? Okay. Likely four. If you look at like, I looked at the top 10 finishers in the overall last year, I believe they all took four, maybe one took five, Um, depending like if I have two good catchers, like I'm looking at, let's look at your team. Who do you have? You have um, you have Sean Murphy and Jason Castro, so you're not on the high end, but you're not on the low end. So I'd be looking, I'd definitely be looking at two more if I were you. Sure, I'd be looking at one. I'd definitely be looking to grab one soon if I were you. I wouldn't want to be like after um, who's left over in the catcher, but Joey Bart, Caratini, Tucker Barnhart, like it's a lot of crumbs. It looks like yeah. So I I, I definitely wouldn't want to get I, I like. You only have two, so if one of those guys goes down, so I definitely be one. I definitely be looking at like a. It's hard to get a Joey Bard because you know he's not going to be up for a while, right? Or Rushman. I think Victor Caratini. You know that like he's probably going to be Darvish's personal catcher. So if Darvish is pitching on the weekend, and you know the NFBC, they it's it's semi weekly lineup changes. So you 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 change your lineup from Monday to Thursday, and then Friday to Saturday, Friday to Sunday. So if Darvish is pitching on a see a Saturday and you have Caratini, you know that you're probably going to get at least one of the one of those three starts. So that's pretty good for a guy. Grind it out. Just grind yeah. it out. Yeah. So you're ideally not looking to start him, but yeah. So I'd be looking at probably four catchers. And then if you don't, if you really get stuck and you don't really, and you, and you don't get and your next two aren't really that good at all. I might want to speculate on a fifth, but it's not ideal. So for me, I'm looking at pitchers. It's probably going to be a pitcher, but I see this one guy that's a hitter. It fell quite far. Whew. There's a lot of pitching out there. A lot of, still some good relief pitchers that are sort of speculative relievers. Hmm. With the 471st pick in the DC, Zach Waxman takes Garrett Cooper. Yeah. I was going to go, like, I was looking pitcher, but I there's a lot of pitchers I can get later. Garrett Cooper, that is fairly late for him so i'll take what's he doing there man i don't know he's a good hitter it's just it's just the the only thing is the opportunity if he had an opportunity he should be around 300 to 350 so if he falls into an opportunity i've 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 got something good there but if he doesn't that kind of sucks i like it all right well do you want to end off on that tell everyone where they can find you on twitter dude thanks so much again for doing this i really appreciate it It was nice meeting you now if you'd like to give us a follow we're at open bar dudes my co-host is at open bar ben he doesn't participate with social media a whole lot but i'm on there pretty often and i'm I'm fairly willing to mix it up with any and all of you thanks again zach good luck tomorrow you too and may the best country 
win? No, no, I don't even do that. I don't even do that. Yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to get into Canada with these battle of the pod. <laughs> May the best podcast win, and I, I honestly wish you good luck and um, whatever, whoever win, whatever. I think we're all everyone's a winner in the baseball pod bracket. Just a dream. 
Just a stream.